gracious. Good day to you all. I am Jan Arden. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. I'm here with Sarah Burke. Sarah Burke is in Toronto. I am in Alberta, Calgary, just outside of Calgary, and it is so much better today. The air? So I left to do a job in Toronto. I had a speaking engagement, and then I flew back literally 20 hours later. When I left the airport, you couldn't see the runway. Oh, my God. And it was this very eerie, dystopian, kind of apocalyptic orange color. The sun was like a red ball in the sky. And I'm like, this is what the end of the world looks like. There's no oxygen, there's no water, and this is what the sky looks like. Anyway, coming back last night, it was still pretty bad. But when we woke up this morning, I woke up to a whole bunch of messages from my friends saying, how is it out there? It's much better here. And it's better in Bray Creek. And it's pretty good in Cochrane. And it doesn't hurt my eyes today. So fingers crossed, long way to go, 26 fires out of control, considered out of control in Alberta and over 90 fires burning still. Um, yeah, summer has started. Uh, I feel like every time I want to head out west for the summer, you know, you book a trip and then you're like, I hope the wildfires aren't going to affect, especially if you're someone who plans to like drive through the mountains and stuff. It's heartbreaking when you see the trees in that state. Well, here's the other thing that's really, really gut-wrenching. I mean, not only are so many thousands of people displaced and, and livestock and people's farm animals and things like that, I haven't heard of any deaths. Uh, people have been able to move their animals. They've done a really good job here of evacuating people. There's about 12,000 people still in gyms and in people's homes and stuff like that. But the heartbreaking part is it's nesting season. And the estimates are in the hundreds of thousands of nests with eggs and moms that are unfortunately having to abandon Ugh. this year's nests and move on. And uh, it, it is, it's so sad. And hopefully the little critters are all beelining it, but so many animals, small animals, birds, squirrels, foxes, there's so many animals that live in the trees. So that's heartbreaking. That's a part of forest fires that is always just like, ugh, I hate thinking about it. But, you know, hopefully they have flown in armed forces. There's people from all over the world here fighting fires. Anyway, there's some nut job on Twitter, of course. I'm not even going to say his <laughs> name and I'm not even going to say his handle. But he's on there saying, you know, I don't know what they're telling you. This is right wing conspiracy, you know, lack of proper information theories that get out there on social media. And he's saying that they're coming to round us up. You know, they're saying that they're here to fight fires, but they're not really. It's just someone very unhinged and very unwell. So come on, people. Come on. But read lots of different sources. Don't get your news on Twitter. You know, there was a Twitter story this week that I was curious to get your thoughts on. I didn't send you this link, so I'm pulling this out of nowhere right I'm now. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're always ready. So a lot of people find solace in someone, a loved one who's passed away, right? In being able to look up their social media that's out there for the public, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever it is. So any inactive accounts are now threatened with being closed down. It's just a... I don't know, something to ponder. How long do you have to be inactive? Like, are they talking a month, a year, two years, a week? Okay, so Elon Musk announced Twitter would be purging accounts that have had no activity for several years. They haven't said exactly how many years that means right now. I just wiped my entire MacBook um, and like got some things reset. And, you know, when you're logging back into iCloud, you have an option to assign a legacy contact for your data. So I've been thinking about this in the last week. I, my first thought was, do I put my dad? Like, do I put my partner? Like, what do you want to happen with your data when you're gone? It's such a weird thing to think about. On my deathbed. 
<laughs> my hand is going to reach out to my computer and I'm just going to hit log out or delete account. Hopefully I'll hopefully I'll have the sense, hopefully I'll have a bit of lead up, you know, that I'll have some kind of illness that gives me a little bit of time to finish my affairs. I'll do a farewell message. You know, it'll be 25 years from now saying stop live horse export. That'll be my last <laughs> message. And then I'll just sign off. I'll just be out. I'll just delete everything that I've ever done. You have a lot of like published work. So, you know, there are things that people will be able to find of yours if they want to look at the whole journey. Anyway. No, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't concern yourself with that, Sarah. You're young. <laughs> Let's worry about that in 40 years. Let's start thinking about that in 40 years. Hopefully Twitter will be gone By in then. 40 years. Yeah. It'll just be like a, a really sad postmark of the 21st century. It'll just be like, remember when those people, those humans, they had the social media thing for a while and- <laughs> Everybody was so depressed and there was so much vitriol and yeah, hopefully it'll be gone. That's my take on it. By then I might be podcasting with a hologram. You never know. Well, maybe I'll do a hologram of myself and I'll just be, you can take all the words that I've said, put them into like AI. I'll have said all the words that are to be said and then you can just shuffle them up and I can just answer really horrible things. So summer and winter, it's summer now. It, it isn't so much in Toronto. I know you guys are still in sort of single digits. But here we're supposed to have a 28, 29, 30 degree weekend, which is terrible for the firefighters once again. But anyhow, what I wanted to talk to you about was the moods, especially in Canada where we have definitive seasons and winter is long. I feel like we were definitely encroaching on eight months this year for really inclement weather and lots of storms, lots of snow, Dark, lots of freezing gloomy. temperature. Yeah. So... And then there's the lack of sunshine. How do you feel going into summer? Like, are you physically, mentally, spiritually a happier person in warm weather? For sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And okay. even like getting one nice day of sunshine a week, even during the gloom is enough for me to like feel the hope, you know, but then, you know, it's hard to maintain. So yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of sun, even though it's been a little bit cooler here feel a little more uplifted. I feel like I can, especially doing an evening radio show, it can be a kind of crappy feeling when you're like, you see the sun going down as you're driving to work, right? Yeah. But now it's like eight o'clock and I'm like, I'm going to ride my bike to work. I'm going to ride my bike home. It's all good. Well, sunlight does make a huge difference just being outside. But I generally find my interactions with people to be so much more pleasant. That too. And and that's what got me thinking. You know, I was at the mall the other day. I had a friend visiting from New Zealand. And so I was taking her around. I took her to Canmore and I took her to the Chinook Center because she wanted to get a few things for her family. I'm like, I will drop you off in the mall and I'll come back and get you because I don't want to walk through there. Anyway, even the parking experience, there was two of us going for like the same spot. And the guy who was a middle-aged white guy goes, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. So and I'm like, nice. no, you. I'm like, no, you. He, and he starts laughing and I'm, I'm like, seriously, go. And he goes, no, you go. <laughs> and he's like, come on. And then he rolled his window down his arm and he pointed at the spot and he gave me the A-OK sign. And I thought, had this been in February. He'd probably tell you to f*** off. <laughs> but I think people are just so much on edge. And it was a beautiful sunny day. And I just feel like he was going, I don't care. I can drive in the parking lot again. It's, it's a great day. You talk to strangers more when it's nice and sunny. Do you find that? Like just yeah. people you've never met before. Like you just had yep. a lovely interaction in a parking lot. 
Um, the Uber drivers even seem to be in better moods. It's definitely much more pleasant interacting with anybody, whether it's someone working at your grocery store or at the doctor's office, or I even find driving in traffic, like never mind parking, but just driving. I've had so many people let me in. And when I've been letting people in, I get the little wave. And this has literally been in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Am I just sort of noticing it now? But I wish there was a button I could push during those really difficult months where we are clearly 10, 12 weeks away from summertime and that people don't feel hopeful. Like a lot of people can't afford to hop on a plane and go get away for even a four or five day getaway in San Diego or, yeah. or you know, down to Florida. They just can't do it. They've got their jobs and their kids and there's, there's so many things that just make it hard coming out of COVID. So I think not only the weather, this is our first real out of COVID summer. I mean, the World Health Organization has said COVID is ended, but people are definitely still getting sick. I just had a couple of girlfriends super sick from COVID. I've had like three colleagues in the last, you know, I had COVID when we last talked a few weeks ago too. Yeah, it's definitely still going around, although they've declared, you know, the pandemic over. This is something we still have to live with for sure. But uh, I think there's a couple of factors that are going into this that are making people joy-filled. It's kind of cool. And it's affecting me. Like literally when someone gives me the wave in traffic, when I've let them in. Pure joy. It makes my whole day. And I want people to think about how the minutia of your day and how you make your way through your day really has a domino effect on how other people react and how other people go about their day. Um, it just makes a big difference. People think, oh, you know, what can I do? Everyone's feeling helpless right now because of politics for sure, climate change for sure. But don't ever underestimate the power of a small deed. A smile. Indeed, Sarah. Boy, a smile going past someone and just the hint of uh, a lift of your cheekbones People smile back. I very seldom have smiled at people and not have them nod their head or go, hey. Yeah. In, in the West here, it's like, hey. Hey, good morning. I love a little good morning when you walk by someone on the street, that, even if you don't know them. Let me ask you this to, yep. to wrap up our segment. Yes. If Jan Arden is at a red light in her car, yep. the sun's out, she's jamming, and there's <laughs> a great song that she's belting out to, when she rolls down her window, what do we hear? You're going to hear nothing. Come on. You drive in silence? No, I don't. I don't sing in the car. I don't sing in the car. I don't. Or what? What song would you be listening to? I've been listening to yacht rock. So as soon as the summer gets nice, <laughs> iHeart, they're all going to have a version of yacht rock. Uh, Brandy, you're a fine, you're a fine. What a good life it will be. What a good life. You're gonna hear that ad nauseum, <laughs> and you're gonna hear Seals and Crofts. Summer dreams makes me feel fine going oh, yeah. through the... Okay, so you're going to hear that's Yacht Rock. So I do, I do listen to that, but on my way home uh, from the airport, I left my car at the airport. As soon as I got in the car, just from flying, going through the airport, waiting for my luggage, I said, play calming spa music. That's what I listened to on the drive home. It was beautiful. I just was driving down the Trans-Canada Highway, heading out to my place, it was nice. So music plays a big part of my summer, big music house around here, sitting outside on the deck, lots of music. I'm not a huge person for the playlist that they curate for me. 
I love making my own playlists. We should do a summer Jan Arden mixtape that we share. Let's do it. Oh my God. Let's start adding to it, Sarah. Yeah, we're in. We're going to do a Jan Arden podcast show playlist. Playlist. Me and Sarah is the radio pro. Like you, <laughs> you know. And plus we're different generations. I could be Sarah's mother. So we could definitely, this is going to be cool. It'll be eclectic. We wanted to talk about summer romance and- uh, Sarah, we've talked about the hilarious loss of your virginity in, in a mosque parking lot, I believe. Like you hear so many people talk about a summer romance that because of what we were talking about earlier, the moods, the the gaiety, the lifted spirits, the sunshine, people are outdoors. I think you see a lot more people in the summer than you do in the winter. I know people are hooking up in the winter, but it is completely different, isn't it? I'm just thinking back, like I've had like three major relationships. They all started in the summer months. Yeah. Huh. I never even thought of that before. The date options are endless in the summer because you can do outdoor or indoor, right? You want to hit a patio. You want to go have a picnic in the park, right? In the winter, yes, you can ski and do those types of things, but it's just different. I mean, people are more scantily dressed. I'm just looking at all the things Skin. that happen. Yeah. So in the winter, it's kind of hard to assess somebody's hot bod or dad bod or mom bod or- In a moo moo? Yeah, it's hard. Whatever. <laughs> in, in whatever you're wearing. Well, parkas, hats, yeah. gloves, you know, endless scarves, snow pants. You know, we, we don't look our best wandering the streets of Canada. A lot of us look like the Michelin tire mascot. Not to mention, science-wise, your body stores fat for you in the winter, right? Like, that's like part of us belonging in the animal kingdom, really. My body stores fat 365 days <laughs> a year. Thank God, because if we ever crash, I feel free to eat me. Like, <laughs> that doesn't sound right, does it? You heard that on the record here. <laughs> No, I'm, uh, I'm always in survival mode. Like I'm thinking if I ever have to make a run for it, I am going to outlast, outlive, outplay my fellow citizens just because I've got, you know, I'm going to say an extra 20 pounds. My critics would say an extra 50, but that is not true. I am, uh, I am mostly a size 10. I am too, though. We're the That's crazy. Five, two and a half, a 10 or a 12. Sometimes, depending on the freaking clothes, I can fit into an eight, but who cares? Anyway, I wanted to talk about virginity. Let's just, I want to bring this back to, to summer okay. loving. All right. So you told me a story about a mosque and it was on this podcast, was it not? It was when we had Cynthia Loyston. We were talking about shame, right? And I was talking about how my mom read oh. my, my mom read my diary. Oh God. In my diary, I had written about how I had just got <laughs> back from the mosque parking lot. <laughs> Oh, Sarah. I know. We hooked up at the end of grade nine and for grade 10. He actually, during grade 10, moved away. He was living in Africa. We were on like the chats. Africa. Yeah. We were on the chats online, basically. And then he came home and my emotions erupted. <laughs> anyway. And he erupted. We all erupted. And there was an eruption in the mosque parking lot. It was terrible, though. First times are terrible. Why do people think it's a good idea to have sex in a car? Maybe it's exciting. I made out once in the back of a car in Banff. I had driven up there to meet someone I had been dating. And we went to, <laughs> it was cold. Speaking of winter, okay. I was in my 20s, early 20s. And we made out in the back of this car 
on like a side of a street. And I know we kept seeing people coming to their living room window and kind of looking out like on the street. Like who's parked there? Why are they there? I mean, the windows were fogged up and it was just, it was so pathetic when I think back to it now. There's just nothing comfortable about it. You can't, you can't get any room. And even if, I mean, if you're going into a, the front seat and you're putting the seat back, I just, no, I have broken a front seat before, not me personally, but well, maybe it was, I, we broke the front seat. We broke the thing. It was a pacer. Do you remember those cars, <laughs> the pacers? And it never, it never actually stayed hooked up again. So there you go. There I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to say any more about that. There's something about the excitement though of like, you know, you're so in the moment that it has to happen, even if it's in the car that you're pulling over just to like get to it because of the chemistry. Wow, Sarah. That part's exciting. No? Yeah. No, no, it is. It, it's, I mean, that's youth. Uh, your, your hormones are raging and, uh, I think generally people, it, it is very spur of the moment, but don't you think that's why people get themselves into trouble? Yes. Because of the lack of planning? I mean, my my first experience, like nude with a fellow, a, okay. a boy, was on a waterbed. Oh, no and way. I can't, no, and I cannot tell you. Have I, have I told you that before? No. I cannot say enough bad things about a waterbed. You would think it would be great. It is the worst experience. And, and not only that, we were kind of drunk. Yeah. You know, been at a dance drinking draft beer. Oh, yeah. So you're bloated? Yeah. We left the dance because they ran out of beer. So why would you stay at a dance when the kegs, there's no, everyone kept trying to pump that keg and there was, there was nothing happening. Was this the person's like bed bed? They slept on a waterbed? It was it was in a basement in their in their parents' basement. I was nineteen. Okay. Okay. Which is fairly far along. Okay, yeah. And it and nineteen. Okay. So I think I was sixteen. Interesting. Oh, I, I just felt like I was the last one of my friends. Like I was the last one. My friend, I'm not gonna say her name, <laughs> yeah. starts with a T, just so in case she's listening. We just had a conversation not so long ago about, oh, she felt really bad because she thought she was like the odd man out. Aww. Like she's the only one that hadn't really tried it. And it really is bad. I think really it was just sort of hitting all the wrong spots. And so I can't even really say if anything actually happened, but it was kind of hilarious to think back at it now. And years later at a function, like I'm talking 20 years, I was well into my career at this point. And the fellow that was involved in the waterbed thing, I can't even remember what kind of a function it was. He came up to me, and of course I knew who he was, and he goes, do you remember that time? I'm like, are we actually going to do this? His wife was about four paces behind him, like talking to some other people. And I just, I didn't acknowledge it. I'm just like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'm not going to go there. Do you remember that time? Yeah, of course you want to remember that time. I, honest to God, I, I couldn't have gotten out of there quicker. Yeah. I just was like talking to, I think my friend whisked me away or something. But I just thought, wow, I would never do that to somebody. And, and I don't think it was malicious. I really don't. I think it was kind of a funny, fond memory for him. I wanted to be there. I really liked him. 
And it was nerve wracking because his parents were upstairs and all that stuff that goes along with that. And then we never really spoke that much after that. Oh God. Yeah. I think I drank a lot back then too. Did your parents ever catch you doing something like that? I think my parents caught me once like in junior high at a party in the basement in the closet. We were doing the closet game. So we were probably eighth grade. Seven minutes in heaven. Could have been, you know, <laughs> probably 30 seconds in hell. But I, I was I was kissing a boy named Greg. My dad like hauled the door open, grabbed my arm and pulled me out of the closet. Like it was not a, it's not a good memory. He wasn't impressed. He wasn't impressed. Same guy as Mosque Parking Lot. I lived really close to high school, so I could walk home at lunch and get into yeah. trouble, if you know what I mean. Oh, my God. <laughs> One time, Dad came home because I forgot to turn off the alarm system. So he got, like, the call at the office at something. There was, like, a break-in. But it was me downstairs with the fellow. And um, we're doing geography homework, I swear. Did they knock on the door or did they burst it open? So our basement at that house, my parents still live in this house, no door. You had no door on your... I just started walking down and I was like putting on... Cl- it was... I hope my dad doesn't listen to this episode. It was horrible. What a, <laughs> was what horrible. a terrifying experience. Well, and the same thing goes for the diary reading. Anytime you have to look your parents in the face on this subject matter is embarrassing. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. I'm here with Sarah Burke. We're going to change the subject when we come back. Thank God. back to the Jan Arden podcast and show. So far, the show probably should have some kind of a rating on it. Listen, Sarah had a really good suggestion. If you have summer loving stories, you might want to send us a voice note to one of the social media platforms that we can play. Or just send us a message on Instagram or Twitter. I want to hear about people's first times. First times. So tell us where it was and, and if you've ever been caught and what happened when you got caught. Oh, wow. You're really... You're really putting it all out there. It is so interesting. And I normally at a dinner party end up asking those questions. It's <laughs> of one of the it's one of the questions I really like if there's a couple there that have been married for, you know, 20 years or whatever, I'm like, how did you guys meet? I always, if it's people I don't know. You want to know, yeah. Or and I've asked that from the stage. Like if there's a couple, a man and a woman, I'm like, Oh, did you have to drag him to my show? And she's like, No, he wanted to come. He's actually the one that was listening to your music before I was. And I'm like, how did you meet? And then I'll take the microphone. And it's always such a great story. I mean, do you remember our story from the first lady from Iceland? Oh, yeah. Eliza Reed. you know how she met her husband? She put her name uh, many, 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 many times into a, a lottery that you could meet a guy and take him on a date, like if they drew your name out. Wasn't it something like that? Yeah, she's shoving like a ballot in a box, yeah. And now they have four or five kids and married and she's the first lady of Iceland. She was not planning on her husband going into politics, but there you have it. Question for you. Yep. What about this summer and you? Do you feel like you might spread the wings and see what's going on? No, no, no. Never in a million years. I just was saying this to somebody this morning that I just feel really happy. And I think there's so much pressure to have a partner. There's so much pressure. You're not living your best life. I mean, especially if you're a single person that's never had children. I mean- I understand this. At 61 years old, there's something you know, wrong with your life or something wrong with you. I just don't 
have any interest. I don't feel like dating. It could have everything to do with menopause. It could have everything to do with hormones. And I mean, you have to add that into the equation. I think when you're dealing with emotional things, physical things, for sure, certainly sexuality things at this age, you have to vector that in there. But me right now, no, I'm just not interested. I'm not interested. And there will always be gardening tools at Indigo Chapters if you need them. Yeah. I think I know what she just said to me, (laughs) but you know, I just, um, (laughs) young people these days, what can you do? But yeah, it's a question that I'm asked a lot. And thank God I don't have anyone trying to set me up or anyone doing anything like that. I've never, I think I told you guys I was on the app once for public people. What's it called? I forget what the hell it's called. I was on there for five minutes. It's for people who are in public life. Can meet people? We'll look it up. That's how horrible of a memory it was that I can't even remember what the app is called. You blocked it out. I blocked it out. I want to find out what that's called. I had to go through like a four-hour interview process. It's online. Danny Kind talked me into it from Working Moms. And um, I waited, I don't know, four or five months to be approved. I didn't even, I just did it because she wanted me to do it. She's like, you've got to try it. These are the people that they suggested to me the first time I heard back from this app. And I'm not kidding you. The guy from um, Stranger Things who played the police officer, the the sheriff, (laughs) who went on to lose all that weight, that guy. Okay. Chelsea Handler, not kidding you. I mean, hell yeah. Feist. Oh my God. And Drew Barrymore and a Spanish guy who lived in Madrid, like, how's that going to work for you? That was 25 years younger than me. Those are the people that they sent me. I hit delete so fast. You, you can't even believe it. You're telling me that if Chelsea Handler wanted to go on a date that you would hate it. Uh, Oh my God. I'd be really super scared. I'm so not her type. I don't smoke weed. I, I don't ski. I'm, I'm sober. And I think Chelsea's quite straight. Anyway, those are the names that this app sent me. Interesting. Huh. App for. Yeah, we're looking at. Happen? Best for serendipitous meetings? No. Raya. Raya. R-A-Y-A. Launched in 2015, Raya prides itself on being an exclusive dating and networking platform for people in creative industries. Kara Devenye, Ruby Rose, Alexander Wang, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Terry Hatcher, Elijah Wood, and Zach Braff are among the elite crew rumored to be on the dating app. Good to know. Mental note made. <laughs> God help me. Well, you understand why I had to ask. Like, we're, we're talking about summer loving and first times. I was like, wonder what's going on. No, and it's very good. And I don't know why I have embarrassment that my reaction of being asked that is so defensive. Like, I have to really think about that. Why am I so defensive about it? And why does it kind of come with hints of I'm ashamed somehow? I can't think of another word right now. It's societal norms. I honestly think it's societal norms because what you just said, I feel a lot of the time, not being someone who wants children or who has children, there's just like this cloud of judgment sometimes. And I don't think people even mean or intend to judge that type of thing, but it's just what they know. It's what they've grown accustomed to, right? There's a lot to unpack there. It's not like I'm not used to it. 
I mean, I've always been so private about my relationships anyway, and it's certainly not because some of those relationships were with women or anything like that. I was never, I never had any shame or reluctance. The only reason I was private is because it's not my story to tell. Fair. If I'm with someone, I'm sorry, I'm not dragging them into, and especially now, maybe it was different in the 90s when none of this social media stuff was so prevalent. I just would never, that's somebody's, that's theirs to tell. For sure. They want to say, but any discussions I had with people I was with were just like, uh uh-uh, we are staying out of that, you know, circus, basically. Yeah. And I think some people would say the same, like, similar to what we just said with Chelsea Handler. If someone was getting in a relationship with you, there would probably be like a, oh, well, she's like kind of funny. She does some comedy. You know, she speaks publicly on stage a lot. Like there'd probably need to be a conversation about keeping it private. And I think people would appreciate that. Yeah. I just, and I'm not saying that the next 25 years, I'm just going to be, nope, I'm not considering it. I'm not right now, right, right now, which has been almost eight years since I've been in a relationship and they have been, well, there's a lot of reasons. I'm vegan. I'm sober. I'm in my head. I'm in the moment. I'm loving my job. I love where I live. I love my, I have such good friends. There's a lot of reasons why. This is the first time I've actually been who I wanted to be. That's the best part of this whole thing. Yeah. So I'm actually who I want to be and I've never been happier. And I mean that. And yes, being in love is a really amazing feeling. It's not something I particularly pine for because I feel so helpless. I feel like I'm just falling and I have nothing to stop me or slow me down. You're a romantic maybe. But I don't have interest in my own life. Whenever I've been in love, I don't read. I don't like to watch movies. I don't spend time with my friends. I don't travel. I'm just in love with the person. When and if you decide that you need, you know, um, a partner, I think it'll be a totally new chapter because of who you've become. I don't need a partner. I know you don't need. You know, and I don't even want one, but we'll see. And I will definitely keep you informed. Thank you. Okay. I think, but, uh, but it is, there's a lot of social pressure on being coupled, being part of two or part of three, like being on your own seems like you're the pariah of society. I mean, I pay taxes. I'd probably do better tax-wise if I was married. I think I'd pay less taxes if I had children. I think there's a lot of benefits, you know, to be with someone as far as any government is concerned, but I'm just not. Anyway. I admire it. Honestly, you being happy, like I said, if there were someone that you met that, you know, gave you a little twinkle in your eye, it'll be a whole different ballgame for you because of who you've become now in your last eight years. And now that I think about it, I have never started a relationship in the winter. See? So, yeah. Bringing it back. I have never, I'm trying to think about the holidays. I'm trying to think about you know, spring, I've definitely had relationships, some of my major relationships, and I've probably had five major relationships in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely spring and summer, no winter. Summer breeze makes me feel fine going through the, is it jasmine in my mind? Like there's just words from the Seals and Crofts that I don't know. You're, you're looking at the wrong girl. Summer breeze makes me feel fine going through the of my okay, I got, I got the lyrics up here. It says... What is it? The jasmine? Chasm? <laughs> Blowing through the jasmine in my mind. Jasmine? It's jasmine. Blowing? Blowing. Oh, my God. Okay. 
blowing through the jasmine and so not Jasmine, like a guy that plays saxophone, but Jasmine the Flower. I'm starting the Jan Arden podcast Summer Breeze playlist right now with this song, okay? I'm literally okay. starting. Okay, great. And you need to put Brandy in there too. Brandy, you're a fine, you're a fine girl. What a good wife you will be. See, that's keeping with our conversation. What a good wife you will be. Oh it's God. about a sailor that comes to port, and Brandy is the server that has served him for many, many years. And he's she's so hot, she'd make a good wife. Like, there's songs that just would not fly in the 2000s. Oh, God. Gypsies, tramps, and thieves, it might not work. Share like I hate to say it to you, Mongo Jerry in the summertime. I like that song. Okay, you can put that on our list. Okay, adding to the list. This is going to be so fun. But there's definitely summer things that come around just on repeat that you just can't get it. Like I've heard the Macarena fifteen times. Macarena, hey Macarena. I think Macarena is the new chicken dance. Macarena is the modern version of da 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 I honestly feel like I'm on the Florida bat mitzvah right now. What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> YMCA is up next, guys. Is it Macarena is a big song at a bat mitzvah? And YMCA. Um, well, Wham! Wham! comes around like George Michael. I will be your father figure, creature, and a hand in mine. <laughs> I mean, George Michael, he, his stuff plays in the summertime. There's definitely summer music and winter music. I mean, you talk about Christmas playlists that hit us the first of November. They go till after New Year's, but in the summertime, the same thing happens. On the first sunny day, it starts. It's just a whole different thing. Kim Mitchell, Patio Pat, Lanterns. Put that on. Okay. Patio Lanterns. Hey, Kim. Okay. You you had some things you wanted to talk about. Well, I wanted to get an update on the wedding. I mean, I do want. I definitely want to talk about the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. Yes. To later today, I'm driving down to the National Music Center and I'm inducting Terry Clark, country music sensation, uh, into the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. I think Trooper's being inducted. Trooper and Terry Clark are going on our list. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, Terry, she went down to Nashville as a teenager and she played in Tootsie's Orchid Lounge and she knows thousands and thousands of songs. She would just sit on her guitar. She was so determined She's worked so hard. This is a woman who deserves everything she has. She didn't expect anything to be handed to her. You know, she's she's been doing it for 40 years. She was on our podcast. Okay. She was on with Caitlin. Amazing. Some time ago, I mean, probably a year and a half ago, two years ago, Terry was on the podcast. We'll okay. definitely have her back again. But yeah, so I'm inducting her. That'll be a fun day. I was on the plane yesterday with, with Rick Mercer. He's inducting Trooper. Oh, amazing. So you too. I'll be seeing him later this afternoon. Yeah, it's it's really great. And believe it or not, there's a waiting list that's a couple hundred people deep in the Canadian music industry of people that are waiting to be inducted in. And they're only doing five or six a year. So it's I feel bad for people who have passed away that need to be in the Canadian Music Hall of Fame. That will be it'll be done after the fact. But and they only do one televised induction right. every year. So the Junos, because they're giving out myriad awards and they're doing performances, they don't have time to do, you know, a half an hour of 
Hall of Fame inductees. I feel like it should be a separate televised show. Yeah. Write them a strongly worded letter on that. But there's 200, two or 300 musicians waiting in a queue, people from the 50s and 60s and 70s that oh, wow. need to be in, in it. Anyway, that's happening. And now wedding. Tell, tell us what's going on with your sister's wedding. So we're like a week and a half out. Whew. This day in a week will be the rehearsal dinner. And everything's kind of smooth. Um, I, I think there's some boundaries that needed to be put in place, but everything's going well. Okay, what are the boundaries? Um, I wasn't feeling the best or most welcome amongst the bridesmaids. and I. Are you serious? Yes. That's not right. It's okay, though. Therapy is a beautiful thing. But um, on the day of, I'm going to do my own hair and makeup in the morning and then go join the girls because I don't need to sit there for four hours feeling like crap. Oh, Sarah. I wish I was your plus one. Oh, my God. We'd have so much fun. <laughs> I would kick ass. I wonder, is it jealousy? Is it? What is it? They just weren't your friends growing up. They were definitely your sister's friends. And have they known you for a long time? A few of the girls I've known, I just think that it, it became sort of a like, she's my best friend and I must show her the throne type of thing. I don't think it was intentional. It was just like out of love for my sister. Okay. So I'm just letting them do their thing. You know, I'm just letting them do Are they thing. being petty towards you or are they kind of ignoring you? Um, it was a bit of both. And I think we look no further than me sleeping in a child's bunk bed <laughs> in a beautiful, beautiful Airbnb that had queen and king beds all over the place. I was assigned that room, right? So. Okay. I'm going to let you know how everything goes. Okay. So the rehearsal dinner, uh, just be yourself. Find the joy. Life is too short to act like this and everybody should know better. I don't know how it would behoove someone to kind of go out of their way to make another person feel uncomfortable. Yeah. So I, I think it's been a really interesting, it's been a good challenge for me in like remembering that it's about my sister and yeah, sure. You know, like these are things where normally I have no problem like speaking out and saying, but out of respect and not wanting to cause or stir up things, I've just been, okay, yep, 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 putting a smile on my face. And it's a new thing for me, new territory. Maybe you should get really high at the wedding, like do mushrooms or something. I think I haven't thought about that already. I already said to my dad, I'm really sorry in advance for uh... being so drunk at the wedding, <laughs> yeah. for smoking weed. <laughs> have, you, have you ever done mushrooms? Yes. Have you? Okay, what, what? No, I've never done a drug in my life. I smoked pot when I was 18. Okay. And I was drunk for 30 years. But other than that, no, I haven't done any, any drugs. I enjoy uh, cannabis more than I enjoy drinking. I feel way more in Good. control. It's sort of like a way to wind down. Do you smoke it or eat it? Done all of the above. Okay. Uh, but I would say daily, I'm having like a little toke or two before bed. When I'm out in public, I have a little vape. So cool. That's that's me. But that's because I prefer that feeling over being like drunk and stupid. Now, do you go into one of those walk-in marijuana places that are popped yes. up all over the country? Yeah, like there's one around the corner from the house. But I've also grown my own plant, which was a beautiful gardening experience. I, I did that during the pandemic. It was awesome. I got to tell you, since pot became legal in Canada, mm -hmm. which I'm very happy about, you will not hear a peep out of me. <laughs> yeah. Alcohol ruins lives. It ruins tens of thousands of lives. And I'm not saying, you know, doing copious amounts of marijuana is a heck of a lot better, but you just don't hear about people committing violent crimes on marijuana. And there's so many medicinal things, sleeping, pain management, mental health. I have never seen a doctor in my life or heard of one 
that said, you really need to have four fingers of whiskey before you nod <laughs> off. It just isn't a thing. And I love how you don't lose a full day over it. Like you don't wake up the next day being like, what did I do last night? Like it's not like that. No. Anyway. No, it's – it's uh, anyway, when I'm walking around Toronto, I <laughs> walk through pot all day long. Yeah. Going down Queen Street. I live near Queen Street. I live between Queen and Bathurst. Yeah. I'm not going to say on what street, but yeah, please don't. That's sort of I but that's where my condo is. So when I'm in Toronto, that's where I am. Dispensaries everywhere. But there's just so much weed. Everyone's smoking weed. My dream would be to smoke a joint with you. It'd be so funny. Well, <laughs> your dream will never be fulfilled. Damn it. I'll eat gluten with you sometime because that's <laughs> wild. Off, that's that's about as wild as I get these days. I know it's crazy. I don't smoke the gluten. I pretty much just eat it. I'm glad. Okay, so the mushroom thing though, a lot of people are doing now like a medicinal journey with mushrooms because there's a ton of research out there right now about PTSD, right? My therapist actually just got certified for healing journeys like that with people who have gone through trauma and that kind of stuff. I'm interested to learn more about it. Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's so random. I was mm. in a store with my friend, so I have a witness. People say very strange things to me when they see me and meet me. Mm -hmm. I had my little shopping cart. I'm going in. This woman came running up to me. She goes, we have a mutual friend. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. No, I haven't seen her in a long time. She goes, microdosing mushrooms has changed my life. Out of nowhere? Uh, I'm like, <laughs> oh, uh, well, that's really great. Good for you. And then she went on about some trouble things. And I'm, I'm trying to walk with my friend. And she's moved on to the pillow section. And I'm kind of trying to follow her. And this woman is now, we're 15 feet apart. And then we're 20 feet apart. And she's still saying, uh, you, you need to try it sometime. It has just been a life changer. Just microdosing. You just have to get it right. And then, you know, my friend is like, that was really weird. That was a lot. <laughs> so... If you see me anywhere out in public, we, we can talk about anything you want, but you might want to just lead with something different. That's so funny. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad thing. It just was, I didn't know what in me had spurred that conversation. Right. Like, where did it come from? And I'm thinking, did she get home and go, why did I bring up microdosing mushrooms with Jan? Maybe it was like a nervous thing. Anyway, you have been listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. That's all the time we have for this week. Uh, write us about your summertime loving stories. Your first time. And uh, send us voice notes. And uh, we would love to hear from you about your summer songs too. That would be great. Uh, we will be back next week. As always, you can subscribe to us and you can write us a review because that would be great. Give us some stars. It helps people find us in the big old podcast world. We really appreciate all our listeners. Thank you for, you know, your time. You know, even finding that 45 minutes every week. Thank you for taking it for us. We appreciate it more than you know. Listen, if you want to hear some good podcasts, Unmentionables, the Sarah Burke Women in Media podcast is fantastic. And another podcast that you might want to listen to is a fellow that we are going to have on the show very soon. Gavin Crawford is so freaking goddamn funny. Gavin Crawford is uh, the Because News guy on CBC Radio. You may have also heard him on This Hour Has 22 Minutes. He's got the Gavin Crawford show. Stand-up comedian, actor... His podcast is called Let's Not Be Kidding, and it's new. It just launched. So listen to that in the CBC Listen app or wherever you do get your podcast. It's a seven-part series um, chronicling his relationship with his mother and how it's been impacted by Alzheimer's, which Jan has lots to say on. And I'm one of the guests, so... We'll get in touch with Gavin soon. Gavin, we're coming for you. You're listening to the Jan Arden Podcast and Show. We'll see you next time. Toodly-doo. 
This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.